And let us hear that full lesson from the Old Testament this morning from the prophet Jeremiah in the first chapter. I'll be reading verses 4 to 10. Now the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Then I said, Ah, Lord God, truly, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a boy. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a boy, for you shall go all to whom I send you, and you shall speak whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and pull down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. This is the word of God for the people and children of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Almighty God, truly help us this day to learn to be brave disciples. Help us to learn that your word is with us. Holy God, may the words of my mouth, the thoughts and the meditations of each of our hearts, be found pleasing and acceptable in your sight, our rock, our redeemer, the word. Amen. Last week, I talked to you about Wordle, and I hope some of you picked up the habit. So far, in the last seven days, I've always gotten it before number six. Another word for you today, but this one is only four letters. So I want you to begin to think about it. You know, Jeremiah knew his life had been claimed by Yahweh and that he had been predestined for the prophetic life. But in recounting his call, Jeremiah admits that he wanted no part of such a life. In verse 6, he tries to convince Yahweh that he is too young to undertake such an arduous career. It's a weak argument, even if it weren't being made to the divine. At this point in time, it's about 627 B.C., and Jeremiah is approximately 18 years old. Young, but according to the cultural standards, hardly, hardly a boy. Yahweh utterly rejects this complaint, his hesitancy, and instead goes on to recount how completely the Lord will be with him and the Lord will use him. If Jeremiah's hesitancy, the commentators say, come from his lack of confidence in his ability to articulate God's holy word, the Lord now dismisses that excuse. Yahweh simply reaches out, touches the young prophet's mouth. Jeremiah does not envision this as a cleansing process, such as in Isaiah's call story. No, he says He no longer need fear because he will suffer from a lack of words. 
God declares, I have put my words in your mouth. Have you ever had the experience of having somebody else's words put in your mouth? Any of you have parents? You've had words put in your mouth. Many of us, though, today find that this is more the case in our society. Someone is putting lots of words into our mouth. That's because there are a few original thoughts out there or words out there. It seems the one who is the strongest, the one who is the most outgoing, the one who is powerful, who has influence over other people, puts words in the mouth of most of us. Few people today think for themselves. And in fact, there's a joke that's been going around for years among the clergy regarding Bishop Will Willimon, who is a prolific writer. It is said that Bishop Willimon has never had an original thought that he didn't publish. Putting words into our mouths. Yahweh, the same Yahweh in Jeremiah's time, comes today to the city of Atlanta to a body of Christ that is gathered at Fifth and Peachtree, to people who are watching us online, to people who are older, younger, black, brown, white, gay, straight, poor, wealthy, home insecure, or have an address that says Buckhead. You who are watching us online, you who are here in person today, God is calling God is calling you. He has set you aside and put you forth to take God's word. And the word of the Lord comes to all who have ears to hear and a heart, a heart that will receive it. God's word is no respecter of any age, race, stage, gender, ability, or even level of spirituality. The Word comes tumbling down into the ears, and if we open it, into our hearts. As a child, I remember watching an old black and white movie, it must have been near Christmas time, entitled Going My Way. It starred Bing Crosby. I've just dated myself hugely. On the movie, there is a cute, wonderful, loving, just want to hug him and hold him Irish priest that seems to be so warm and loving in the heart of the movie, in my opinion. So much so that because I had been hearing, I thought the voice of God saying, I'm calling you to care, I'm calling you to help, be a servant for God's people. I said as we were watching the movie, I'm going to be a priest just like him. To which my father replied, the heck you are. And he didn't use heck. No son of mine is going to be a place and proper adjective in there, priest. Dad looked at me and said, I want grandchildren. Priorities. You got to get the priorities in order. So I, of course, said, fine, I'll be a Methodist preacher then. And that was acceptable. And the course of my life seemed to begin. My calling began to take shape. And unlike Isaiah and Jeremiah, I wasn't that fearful of it. There, I made no excuses of being too young or too old. But I did realize in time, as I began to age, and to understand the depth of the call, 
that I was supposed to do what? Say what to who? How dare I, a punk of a teenager, think I could proclaim the word of God for God? There is an old cliche that is used way too much, but I think it has truth here that whom God calls, God equips. There came a time, a time I remember where God touched my mouth, but not just my mouth, my heart and my mind and my very spirit with God's word. It was the clearest moment of my life. The word that God placed in me is not the word that seems to be out and amongst us in our culture today, though. Let us get one thing straight. The word of God is not that word that permeates around us, that word that is hate. We're called instead to go forth into this world and to dig up and to pull down, as the common English Bible says, that which is not the Word of God. We're actually to be bold enough in our living and in our witness that we destroy, the Scripture says, we demolish that which attacks the Word of God. We do this hard work so that we might build up a world where the Word of the Lord is the norm. We do this impossible work so that we might plant the word of the Lord so generations yet unborn will know that the word of God is for them and that the word of God is about them and they can live that word. Jeremiah never used the word per se, but it described it early on in this passage with the knowledge that God is a God who knows us before we are even born. And that same God sets us apart before we're born for a world where the word seems to be hate to offer a better word. And it comes to us through Paul's letter to the church at Corinth, that word. In the first letter of chapter 13, we have with no uncertain terms the word given. Love. It is the love of God that knows us. It is the love of God that calls us to bring the word of love to all of God's people who are in need of nothing more powerful than love itself. I know we treat the word love very casually in our day. There, we love this, we love that, we love the weather, we don't love the weather, give us five minutes and we'll love it again. It's Georgia after all. I understand that many have used these verses in 1 Corinthians to flower their weddings. And while that's a beautiful thing to do, it's not the meaning of the Scripture passage. The message of 1 Corinthians is much deeper it is a deeper love than that between spouses, between parents and children even. Love not just for one person, but for all people. There are no number of gifts, Paul reminds us. Gifts that may allow us to do miraculous things in our society that can do more than love. There is no amount of sacrifice you can make, even the giving up of your own life that has the same action as love. No matter how many sermons, nor how many financial gifts you give, nor how many times you help the little old lady across the street, 
has the same power of love from whence can change the heart of humanity. It's no wonder that the four parents of St. Mark put the task of loving, accepting, and serving the people of God primary as their vision and with love leading the way. Without love, friends, nothing else matters. Love is the Word, and God means for it to be the Word for us today. Love is God in action. Love is doing and moving and digging up and pulling down the evil that is all around us in whatever form it looks like. Love is destroying and demolishing that evil in whatever way it presents itself. Love is building bridges so that people have a way back. Love is planting faith and hope in the hearts of every person who find themselves faithless and hopeless. Do you need an example of love in this measure? Let me share with you that I have seen that love in action many a day when I would be in the office and walking out of the breezeway behind us and seeing Jan Bethard's and our friend Russell sitting there in deep conversation. Jan would listen intently to him and be so involved in what he was saying, and he would listen to her, and they would share stories. That's love in action. The word is love, and it's most definitely seen when somebody like Sybil Smith stands in the narthex and takes off her coat in the winter weather and places it in the bin so someone else could be warm today. Love in action is hands that may hurt and feel wounded and old because of age and stiffness still sit there and crochet and knit prayer shawls and blankets for those who need to be covered in love during a winter time. The word is love. It is love most assuredly when you and I open our mouths, our hearts, and our minds and make love the greatest of these each and every day of our lives in each and every situation that we find ourselves in, especially the situations when it's unacceptable to love or when it is impossible to love. If you've never understood it, let me just make it real plain. It's easy to hate. It's simple to hate. It's a little harder to love. It takes all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. But love destroys and demolishes hate. And it allows all to find the joy of the Lord. Along with faith and hope, love rules the day. And love is the word that fits all seasons and stands for all nations and all people. Last week, you had a five-letter word, today. This morning, we have another word, and it's only four letters. So maybe it doesn't fit the word old thing, but it sure fits God's thing. Love. Today, we begin the answer to God's call to share the Word of God. Love, sharing it today as we begin to transform this world, starting with ourselves, 
loving ourselves so that we might love one another. Is it such a sweet dream of an old preacher who remembers only Bing Crosby movies like Going My Way? Let me tell you, I'm trying to stay hip. I have been binge-watching Ted Lasso. Or is this the Word of God for you and me, my beloved friends today? You who have ears to hear, hear the Word of God from your mouth. Love. In the name of the calling God and of the loving Christ and of the empowering Spirit. Amen.